Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways Podcast's Blood Moon Rising Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle. We have some wonderful bloodthirsty delights in store for you this evening. Uh, but first, we need to get straight into introductions. So to my right. Hi, my name is Mike, and I'll be playing Marcus Voss, Clan Bruja. And to Marcus's right. Hi, I'm John, and I'll be playing Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere. Thank you. And at the end of the table. Hi, this is, my name is Tegan, and I am playing Rom the Shaman, and I am of Clan Malkavian. Thank you, Rom. And to Rom's right. Hi, I'm Ali, and I am playing Katarina Bogdanovich of House Toreador. And next to Katarina. This is Tiffany, and I play Alex Giovanni of Clan Hecata. And finally, we have a very special guest with us tonight. Bonjour, my name is Patrick McNamara, and I am playing a mysterious NPC of unknown provenance. Oh my. Well, I can't wait to see what our mysterious NPC is going to bring to the table, but thank you for joining us, Patrick. We're very excited to have you. So, to jump right into the action, Rom the Shaman. You have been recovering from a very bad psychic hangover, after your encounter with Dina Forthright, the mysterious Brazilian Malkavian. And you are kind of half awake. You think? Maybe? You're not sure. You're in an unfamiliar place. You're sort of stirring, looking around. It's, it's an apartment. It's definitely not your basement. You think it's night? Maybe? That's going to be something that causes a lot of anxiety in Rom, if that's the case. Yeah, you feel anxious. You feel a little bit stressed because the last thing you remember is that vision that Dina gave you. And then you suddenly felt really sick and your head was swimming and there were voices and you think you blacked out. But you're on a couch in an apartment that isn't yours. It's dark, but there's blackout blinds and heavy curtains, so you're not exactly sure if it's day or night. Your sense of time is off. You don't even know how long you've been unconscious. But as you're regaining yourself through this haze uh, and all of the muddling in your brain, you hear a voice in your head. That's not uncommon. It's really not. 
but this voice is a voice that you have met at least once for various reasons. And so, uh, Patrick, why don't you have a have a chat with our friendly shaman here? Rom. Rom the shaman. No. Ramen? Rom? Wait, it's me. Roger Pendley Funt. Where are you? Hello? Rom? Who? Roger Pendley Funt. The Malkavian. Oh. That's how I'm talking to you, Rom. Oh. Is this your place? This is... This is your brain, Rom. Yeah, that's how I'm talking to you. I'm... I'm using sort of vampiric power. Okay. Okay. I... I think I understand. Yes, I, I... I... I need to speak to you, Rom. Um, and your coterie, if you don't mind. Uh, it's of it's of it's of considerable urgency. You see, I've had a vision, or not quite a vision. I need all of you. Understood. I I need to find. I need to figure out how how long have I been out? Where where's? I need to. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and kind of, while I'm listening to this voice, I, I, I kind of want to look around me to see if I can find some clues as to where I am. Uh, you are you are in a very tastefully decorated apartment, and it's very minimalistic. Um, but the biggest clue to where you are happens when the door opens and Alex Giovanni walks in. I take it that confirms it's night. Yes. Alex, it is the end of the previous evening. Uh, so from our last episode, it's reaching the, the the very end of it. You're getting close to dawn. You'd gotten a bunch of phone calls. You dealt with the whole thing with Trevor. And you walk in and you see Rom the Shaman standing up, looking around and muttering to himself. At least you think it's to himself. Hard to tell with Malkavians. Well, thank goodness that you are up. I'm assuming I'm still, like, dragging Trevor with me because I never left him by himself. No, Trevor has just had a very nice, very nice meal, a very messy meal, uh, but he looks, he's looking a lot better. So, Rom, you see this other vampire, looks like a Ventru, being dragged in behind Alex. Absolutely. I I don't, I don't recall. Uh, Have I met Trevor? Okay. You have not. Alex, who's this? Uh, he owns a club. Um, it's a long story, but he's not safe. He's having the dreams. He's having the dreams. It, it, Roger, Mom. are you still there? Are are you? Can can you hear me? And I like put my finger to my ear, as if it's an earpiece. And I'm like, Roger, are you still there? I must say I don't really appreciate being put on hold. Yes, I'm I'm still here, Rom. But I I do have I do have things to do. I mean, if you have if you have other appointments, then apparently not. I mean, will will you be at my theater? I can give you all of the information, and you can use Google Maps to find me. So, Al- Alex, R- Rom starts talking out loud asking about someone named Roger. Who's Roger? 
he's um uh he, he he's a he's a friend uh he's he's another malkavian like me i i heard him i don't know um, about I, I i thought i heard him rom you know that roger pendlyfunt is uh the malkavian whip basically he gets the clan together he orders people around etc cetera, etc cetera, when needed you've only met him a couple times but he's a very very powerful malkavian He's um. He's someone you want, we need to listen to, especially if he's reaching out to us. Uh, what did? What is? Where's the rest of the group? Did? How how long have I been here? Uh, you've been here for a night, well, a day and a night. I don't recall where everybody else went. I'm assuming back to their places. I just brought Trevor because I did not want to leave him by himself. Uh, we had another incident that we had to investigate. Is everybody okay? In our coterie, yes. And I'm going to look over to Trevor and be like, why don't you go shower? Trevor wipes some blood off of his mouth and looks down at his his shirt, which is also covered in blood. He didn't exactly feed quietly, but he stumbles off down the hallway in the direction of the shower. Roger, are, are you... Yes, hello, Ram. I, I did say I don't appreciate being put on hold. I, I don't know if that came across as a joke, but I'm... I'm... I'm not known as a jovial figure. Uh, no, of, uh, of of course, of course, uh, Mister Funt. Um, I just Pendlet Funt. Yes, Pendlet Funt. It was a glorious union of the two families, Pendlet and Funt. My middle name is not Pendlet. My name is Roger Pendlet Funt. Oh, my middle name is Fife. I I can profess I actually did not know this. Okay. Um it, it, I have one of the members here with me. Um I I am trying to find the rest of them uh actively. May I ask which one you have? I have Alex. Oh, Alex is Alex with me. Giovanni. I see. Well, that was the one I was most keen on talking to. Absolutely, Alex. Alex, I have I have Roger on the line. Uh, I do, do you you know um, you know Roger uh, Pendle Funt? Do you you you've you've no probably not. You do not, Alex. I will uh, just uh, raise my eyebrows and be and shake my head. The other question I had is: Did we drop off? baby vampire no Vince Vince was in the car with you the last time I, I don't believe you dropped him off at home yet oh okay so he may be wandering in too well it depends on if Vince is staying in the car with all the blood or if he wants to follow Alex up to their apartment I think Vince is kind of like um uh, yeah you know if you've got a bag or something that would be great um just 
be great. <laughs> if you if you had one of those, just I don't know if you've got a fridge or something. Um, oh yeah, you can. Yeah, there's stuff in the fridge. Yeah, so I guess at this point he'll be slamming back a bag of blood. <laughs> Like a kid with Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about my rouse check now. So, Rom, you didn't notice Vince come in because you were too busy talking to Roger, but you hear the fridge, what you assume is a fridge opening, and you hear a gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. And then you see uh, Vince downing a bag of blood if you turn your head slightly. And now it's time for your rouse check. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I had, I had not forgotten you, Rom. I had not forgotten. Fantastic. So, Roger, you know that uh, Alex is, is the one who you sensed knows the name of your theater. Someone found your theater and it was Alex, you're pretty sure. Uh, so I have failed my rouse check. <laughs> All right, so take a point of hunger, which is not surprising. You've been unconscious for a bit and you didn't feed before you went to see Dina. So you're you're feeling some some hunger pains. Rom, I must confess, I, I've, I've made a terrible mistake. I didn't clear my entire evening for the task of talking to Ram, the shaman. Yes, yes, no, of course. Um, what, why do you, is this have to do with the princes? It's, listen, it's, it's, it's best not to talk, you know, online, as it were. Uh, listen, Ram, I consider myself something of a mentor figure, you know, to the Malkavians. I, you know... Perhaps this is arrogant of me, but I, I must, you must allow me to give you advice in this particular moment, just as one might a father might, or some kind of like a kindly uncle figure. When the Malkavian chief whip requests an audience, there are no further questions are really required. You can save so much time by simply arranging your coterie and arriving at the Magellan Theatre at your earliest convenience. I believe your friend Alex Giovanni may know where it is, which is the source of some consternation to me, but I trust you won't let that be known to them. Yes, okay, I... Of course. Now I, I understand. I apologize. You caught me in the midst of... Uh, rousing myself, and I was a little... discombobulated. Um, of course. Uh, at once. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Funt. Uh, Pen Pendley Funt. Look, look forward to seeing you soon, Ron, once all of your arousals have been taken care of. Speak uh, to you then. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and and I, I poke the side of my head. Vince is there drinking his blood bag like a kid with the Capri Sun, and he's just like, So, how are you, Ram? <laughs> I'm, <clears throat> I'm I'm doing well. Um You drink it cold? You don't? <laughs> Nobody has time to warm this up. I mean, we have things to do. As it is, it's close enough to sunrise. It's getting pretty early. Of course. Uh uh sometime Vince, I'll I'll tell you about how I conduct my affairs. But we have been summoned, Vince, Alex. Uh, we need to grab the other two. We've been we've been summoned. We, 
the the whip of the Malkavian clan locally here uh, wishes to speak with our entire coterie, and uh, I I I don't know how long he's been trying to get a hold of me, but that that's 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 who I was talking to. So, Alex, you'd know that it's too late to be going anywhere, or rather too early to be going anywhere at this point. You're getting fairly close to, to dawn, so you'd have to go the following evening, but perhaps that's a good idea since you don't know what Katarina and Marcus are doing anyway. Rom, why don't you call Marcus and let him know that we will be visiting wherever. Where are we going? Yes, we are. We have been called to the Magellan Theater. I, I, I'm supposed to say that you you know where this is. I do. Oh, good, good. Why do you know where this is? This was one of the last contacts that Luther had. Ah, okay. I'll call Marcus then. And I'll go ahead and pull out my phone and dial up Marcus. So, Marcus, you had a wonderful meal. And you greatly enjoyed the after effects. Wonderful. Did you did you go back to your office? Did you go talk to Marie? What, what did you do when you satiated yourself? Yeah, I think afterwards I would simply go back upstairs to speak with Marie, likely offer her a glass of fine wine after such a uh, tough work week and um, tell her that she can come back to work tomorrow. And then after that, I'll probably turn down the volume a little bit and uh, just sit upstairs and think about next steps. As you're sitting and thinking, and Marie has has gone, she seemed a little anxious. She drank the wine in about a gulp and a half. Her hands were shaking a little bit, but she did drink it, and then she left for home. She called an Uber instead of driving. She said she was feeling a bit too anxious to drive herself home. Your phone starts ringing. I (laughs) flip it open, answer it. Marcus, you still up? Yeah, for a little while. Uh, okay. Um, hey, sorry about um, the vomiting and the unconsciousness. Rom, just get to the point. Okay. Um, hey, uh, we have been summoned to... Um, we've been summoned to the Magellan Theater by the whip of the uh, Clan Mikhail- Malkavian. And... Um, I take it it's probably too late, but we, we need to do that tomorrow as soon as we can. It's definitely too late tonight. Okay. Uh, take a time. Are you are you okay? <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. I've had a wonderful evening. How are you? Um recently conscious. Well, one we did make a very important choice, you and I. You chose to accept a vision and I didn't. Well, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. Well, we appreciate you taking one for the team. Please pay for my drink. Of course. Okay, that's good. About that. 
Of course. All right. I I have I, I think we have to make another phone call. All right. Say what? And just after sunset. I believe that'll be best. Maybe we should meet at Alex's place, or should we meet at the theater? Meet at the theater. Say half an hour after sunset. We don't want to keep anyone with a title waiting. Of course, and Alex's place is kind of small. Sure. Not to mention, they don't seem like the sort of person that likes people just randomly showing up. True, 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 true. Okay, good. Uh, I think I have another phone call I have to make. Um, to, uh, have fun. I already have. Weird. I hang up. Hey, so are you contacting Katarina at the bakery, Rom, or... Absolutely. That's the next thing I'm dialing. I'm just calling the bakery. Main line. I'm going to make sure that Trevor is taken care of. I'm going to get him a place to bed down and everything. So while Rom is making their phone calls, you guide Trevor, who's just wearing trousers now. He threw away the bloody shirt uh, into maybe a closet or walk-in closet or something. And he just looks up at you and nods. He doesn't seem to be in the mood for speaking at the moment. He looks like he's got a lot on his mind for obvious reasons, but he lays down underneath a shelf of shoes and closes his eyes and you hope he'll sleep without dreams. Well, I would think it would be like the closet in my room so that if he does start having nightmares or whatever, I will hear it. We'll see if it wakes me up. Definitely the walk-in closet in your room. All right. So, Katarina, you went back by the bakery before heading home. And as you're getting ready to leave, you hear the phone ring. I will go ahead and answer it. Hello, is is this the um is this the the fine baked good shop? Cat, are you there? First off, it's Katarina, and I assume this is from. It is, but we don't have a lot of time, so I mean, I just I we're shortening the names. That's that's the program tonight. No, we do not shorten the names ever. Thank you, Katarina. I hi. Absolutely. Um, hey, uh, so big news. By the way, um, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Um, so um, I know it's getting a little late and you're got to, got to get talked in, but um, we are all going out to the Magellan Theater as soon as we get up uh, the next morning. And uh, you I, you need to um, be with us because we all got to be together. I'm sorry. I'm a little manic. I just woke up. So we're meeting tomorrow at the Magellan Theater. What time? Oh, uh, um, sunset? A little bit after sunset. Yeah, that sounds good. Is that good for you? Okay, I will see you tomorrow, and I will hang up the phone. Oh, can you bring by the little biscuit, um, the, the cookies, the cookie? oh, crap, no cookies. All right. You can feel dawn arriving. There's this slight change in the pressure in the air. Begins to get slightly warmer as the sun begins to rise, and you all retire to your coffin, Vince. Well, you're not in your coffin. That's weird. How are you going to sleep, Vince? You don't have your coffin. 
There don't appear to be any coffins here. Vince is very nervous about... <laughs> He's like, but I was told we always had to sleep in coffins. Oh, jeez. Um... He's just going to sleep in a different closet somewhere else in Alex's apartment. <laughs> and he's just like, I mean, sleeping hard, sleeping, stand in a vertical position or like that's going to be uncut. And he's just out like a light. <laughs> I was going to say, I probably have a few like love seats, a chaise, you know, it's all. No, nah, he's full on in a cupboard. <laughs> I am not comfortable above ground. <laughs> Vince manages to find a cupboard and he passes out standing up before he has time to really think about it. Katerina, Marcus, you both retire to your rooms and Alex as well. Uh, Rom, you're feeling tired again. You just woke up, but... This is bullshit. You, you are feeling a bit tired even after sleeping for about 36 hours, but you don't feel comfortable in here. You really, really, really do not feel comfortable in here. It's above ground. It's an unfamiliar room. You've got two other vampires in here. Do you try to sleep again or do you just sit around for... I do, but it's going to take a couple hours and not to be a Malkavian, but I'm going to build a couch fort. Because at least then I'll have something over my head in case the curtains part or something weird happens, I'll have at least another layer of protection. And as I'm doing this, I'm like, they're going to make fun of me for this. This is... Because I, I know... I know the stereotype. And I, but fuck it. So I'm doing it anyways. I'm going to build the little... With the little leather couch cushions and everything, I'll build my little fort and then I'll, I'll lay inside. I'm just going to grumble about how it's bullshit before I fall asleep finally. Alright, so you fall asleep around 9am as the sounds of traffic are picking up outside. There are some very annoying birds perching on a windowsill, chirping far too cheerfully. You are very cranky about this, but you do manage to finally fall asleep. So, an uneventful day passes for most of you. Alex... You are awoken by screaming coming from your closet. It's about 3 p.m. What do you do? So, uh, yeah, I'll probably roll out of bed in my silk pajamas and uh, open the door. Um, how, what state is he in? So Trevor had rolled up under the shoe rack so that there was this kind of shelf and he was sleeping under it. But half of your shoes are now on the ground. Not like, it doesn't look like he intentionally pulled them off or anything. It looks like he hit the shelf and some of them went flying. And he's, he doesn't appear to be awake, but he's thrashing. His whole body is convulsing. His hands are flying outward and grabbing at things. One one hand, as you open the door, is reaching up to that shelf with clawed fingers and is gripping it and digging the nails into the wood. He's covered in sweat. His torso, his face, his hair, 
and his eyes appear to be open, even though he still seems to be asleep. But he's got this wild, manic look on his face, and he is screaming. Um, I will try and grab him and see if I can shake him awake. Trevor. All right, so you go and you you shake him by the shoulder, and he starts thrashing more violently. And the other hand, the the right hand that wasn't gripping onto the shelf, backhands you across the face. You don't think intentionally. He's just convulsing so badly that his limbs are flying, and he doesn't appear to be coming out of it. Okay. I guess then I'm going to put my knees on his arms so that he doesn't do any more damage. Like basically like I'm going to sit on his chest and I'm going to yell for Vince or Rom to try and help me. How how hard is it to wake a vampire up in the middle of the day? <laughs> Very hard, which is why, um, Alex, you're going to have to give me a roll to see if you can shout loud enough to get through to at, at least Vince. And if you do well enough, we'll see if you can also get through to Rom. So I'm going to say resolve plus performance. And you're going to need three successes. Because it is hard to wake up a vampire. Vampires sleep like the dead. Haha. Ha. I got two out of three. Okay. You can spend a willpower point to re-roll if you would like to. Or would you prefer to take care of the situation by yourself? I'll spend a willpower. Okay. So spend one willpower point and you can re-roll. It's not a bad idea. Four. There we go. Okay. So it's actually a total of six because of your previous roll. So both Vince and Rom. Rom, you weren't sleeping too deeply anyway because you'd already been sleeping for a long time. Uh, and Vince, you're just not super comfortable standing up. You did manage to fall asleep fairly quickly because you were exhausted, but... You are both awoken by Alex yelling for you. Hey ho, is this the 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 standard now? Just this is terrible. All right, ah, uh, uh, they're screaming. Alex, in the closet. The door flings open, and uh, Vince comes running out into the room, and he's uh, I think he's got as a as a kind of a. As a nurse, he's kind of used to maybe not patients that are vampire strong, but people having a bit of a freak out. Um, so he is going to try and get a little bit physical. And he's going to try and hold Trevor down. I would like to assist with this action. All three of you are, are able to do that fairly easily. I'm not going to make you roll for it because there are three of you and it's just him. But he's he's feverish. When you touch his his bare skin, he's definitely feeling feverish. This is warmer than you're used to feeling from a vampire. 
and he's the thrashing begins to calm down as all three of you hold him and then his eyes close and they snap back open and he's looking around wildly like where am I where am I what the fuck where where am I I'm gonna like I'm gonna like grab his face so he's looking at me because he knows me Trevor you're in my place remember Alex 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 yes yes uh Jeez, you 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 had you had a nightmare. Uh, and 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 what was was my sire? What was that the nightmare too? Right, that was the nightmare. No, unfortunately, no. I'm not gonna lie to you. He closes his eyes and tries to raise his hand to rub his temples, but Vince is currently holding him down. I just... Dreams. Oh, so bad. I'm gonna slowly back off of him so that he can, you know, get a hold of himself. I didn't realize how much I hated dreaming. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it's definitely... Not a good sign. How long did your sire have him? Uh, I don't know when they started, but... I know he had him for at least nine days. I don't know if they started before that, but it was nine days from when I first heard him. And how long have you been having them? This is the third one. Awesome. That's not the word I would use. Uh, sarcasm is kind of my thing. I hadn't noticed. He attempts a weak smile. Vince just pipes up. Vince pipes up. He's like, no, think about it. That means you've got a, oh, you know, six more days at least. Or at most, you know, whatever. And he just goes back to being quiet. <laughs> Trevor turns and looks at you wide-eyed. That's not helpful, whoever you are. Don't hold it against him. Vince knows that it does no good to try and defend yourself when they mock, mock you for being three, three vampire years old, so he will bite his tongue. <laughs> Alright, so my question to the three of you is, are you going to try to go back to sleep for the last three hours or so? of daytime or are you just going to stay up? I'm probably just going to sit up with Trevor if they want to go back to their hidey holes wherever they were. They can. I'm just going to scooch under Alex's bed and just go to sleep there. I'm just going to put the couch back together so that nobody sees what I did to the living room. All right, so Vince, you go back to sleep for a couple hours. Being being a nurse, you're used to catching sleep whenever you can, so you're able to talk yourself into falling asleep quickly. This is just a normal normal night shift for you. And you know, Rom, Alex, you you both stay up. Uh, Rom, your head hurts and you're hungry, 
you're really hungry. And eventually the sun begins to go down. Alex Trevor has gone very quiet. He's talking to himself occasionally. You can hear the occasional murmur, but he doesn't seem to want to engage in conversation. And the hours pass quickly as the sun begins to set. So, as three of you wake up and two of you stay awake, I would like your rouse checks, please. Yes, including you, Rom, because you did go back to sleep. I would like to state for the record that this is bullshit, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Rena will remember this. I succeed my rouse check. I also succeed my rouse check. This is much better than yesterday. As do I. I'm I'm so roused right now. I got a ten. Okay, so Alex, you're you're feeling fine, absolutely fine, and you fed yesterday, so you know this this is fine. Well, yeah, I like real fed yesterday, so yes, you you absolutely drained someone yesterday, so you're fine. Allie, I'd like you to roll me an extra d10. Okie dokie. Just tell me what you get. An eight? Okay. I don't know what that was for. <laughs> You'll know eventually. Uh, don't worry about it. It's it's always worrying when it's like, oh, roll this extra thing. Okay. All right. So you all awaken and go about your beginning of the evening or beginning of the night shift, so to speak, rituals and head out towards the Magellan Theater. Alex, what are you doing with Trevor when you go to theater? He he is up and he's feeling a bit agitated. He says, "I want I, I need to go. I've got I've got paperwork to do. The clan's going to want to know what's going on. I have got people to talk to. Uh, I I I I can't I can't be in here." Okay. As long as we have an agreement that you contact me any if you need anything, if you feel too nervous, if you see something that triggers something you saw in your dream. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I've got your number. I can, I, I can, I can call you. Just, I've, I've got. Because otherwise, I'm going to drag you around like a little child. He narrows his eyes. I've I've got things to do. Um, I'll call you if if something comes up. But I, I've I've got to be responsible now. I uh... yeah, but you can barely function. Let's remember this, and I will cover for you if I need to. But you know, make sure you have limited contact with whoever you can, so they don't see you this way. He nods. Uh, I'll. I've got others taking care of the blue orchid for now. I've just, I've, I've got to deal with my sire's paperwork and his remains. And I'm sure Esmeralda's going to want to talk. And mm-hmm. I'll, I promise I'll call you if I need you. Okay. I will talk to you later. Okay. And he walks out of the apartment building barefoot with no shirt, but he doesn't seem to mind that all too much. And the rest of you all head to the Magellan Theater. So 
The Magellan Theater is down in an area of San Francisco called Soma. It's below Market Street. And it's not known for being super high end. There's a lot of homeless population in the area, little tent cities. There's a lot of junkies that hang out in some of these older buildings. It's a good place for a vampire who doesn't want to be found and who also needs access to a quick and easy food supply. There are some warehouses down here that you go past. There's the area that's being uplifted, so to speak. Artists tend to to hang out in these areas because you get these buildings that are turned into beautiful open-air studios for rent. You know, studios being one-room apartments that cost an arm and a leg, but people pay a decent amount of money just to live there. And it's, it's not too difficult to get to, but you find this old colonial-style house. It looks fairly run down on the outside, but th- this is the address given as the Magellan Theater. And there are a couple of teenagers hanging out, smoking weed on the front porch, and they scatter as soon as you pull up in your various modes of transportation. But you have arrived at your destination. This is probably an area of town I know somewhat. Yes, you you definitely know Soma somewhat well, at least. I get towards the uh, theater door and await the rest of the coterie. I'll just take a passing glance around the street, see who else is here. As you look up and down the street, you see there's a a young couple that are walking up to one of these old buildings that appears to have been renovated and turned into studio apartments. Uh, And they're carrying easels under their arms and chatting. You also see... Further down the street, there's a homeless person who's got a sign out asking for food for their dog who is curled up next to them. And not a whole lot of else is going on on this street. Hmm. And this is when Katerina arrives. Acknowledge your arrival. I'll just lift a hand in greeting. And Alex, Rom, and Vince. Shotgun. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, this... They have a driver. <laughs> Shotgun anyway. You're gonna sit up front with him? Oh, that'll make the driver real comfortable. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm messing with his radio dials. I was like, so hey, what are you into right now? Is Are you like into like glitch hop or like... Oh God. Thing? I would like anyone to imagine being stuck in the front seat of a car with Ram. I invite them to imagine this suffering. That sounds exhausting. Right? So I've been listening to a lot of really great podcasts lately. So like, um, I, what are you into? Like history? Oh God, Ram's an energy vampire. Right? <laughs> Every coterie needs one. Gonna start calling you Colin Robinson. <laughs> So uh, once we're gathered, I'll look at Ram and uh, raise an eyebrow. 
Hey, yeah, no, um, I, I, uh, you look good. You look, they look like really good, man. I've been working out. Yeah. Does that, do, wait, hold on. Does that work for us? Can we do that? For some clans. Oh. Oh, shit. All right, well, I'll, I'll take that under advisement. Hey, no, thank you for coming out. Um, I, uh, I got pinged last night by, um, by the Malkavian whip. And he said that we should, uh, we needed to come down. Um, do you know what this is about? Uh, I do not, but we were going to end up here anyways. Wait, why? Yeah, why? Rom, I told you why. For the rest of you. So there was a phone number in Luther's phone that I had tracked down. And this was the last call he made. I see. Oh, snap. Should we have brought, like, like um, any kind of whispers? Like, should we have brought guns? For what? I don't use guns. Okay. Rom's been a little off ever since he woke up. He, he seems in a constant state of mania compared to the person that he was before he was as opposed to normal. Yeah. I think I would definitely notice a difference. I don't, I don't see the calm shaman anymore. I see the one hopped up on peyote who's ready to go on a vision quest here in Arizona. I I have not eaten in a significant period of time. I am not doing my routine in a significant period of time. And I need my routine. I have clients. They come in. I, 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 I do my work on them and I, that's how I get, I feed and I, I don't have, this business is taking up all of my time. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. How about instead of, uh, having this wonderful, wonderful reunion on the stoop, why don't we, uh, either enter or ring the doorbell or I don't know. Do your thing and contact him. You can tell him we're here, right? You can do that thing where you like push on your ear, and he turns to he turns to Marcus and he's like, "He can do that, you know." <laughs> All right, so Rom's gonna go ahead and just do their best to center themselves. Like I've said before, they're a creature of habit, and this is them outside of their habit. They're going to attempt to ground and center, pushing all that energy down into the ground. It's very good for us. And, um, <clears throat> Roger, I, I mean, uh, Mr. Uh, Pendley Funt, are you away? And, Ro- and, and Rom just kind of reaches out. Rom, let me tell you a story, Rom, about something that I had one of the staff recently um, we installed we installed a thing called a, a ring doorbell Rom and I must confess that they they clearly did a very bad job because while I'm looking at you right now through this doorbell there is clearly something wrong with it because you are tapping into the unending power of and potential of your blood to talk to me directly mind to mind when you could simply ring the doorbell and then so I'm going to completely ignore them and then just ring the doorbell like I was meant to do 
Oh, thank goodness, Ram. It's working. I'll be right down. Hey, it's okay. I figured it out. There's, um... So, hey, have you seen these, Marcus? They have these, um... And I'm reading the label on it. Ring uh, doorbell. And um, it's got a camera in it. Did you know that? Occasionally I watch TV. Oh, okay, good. I, I have one. Well, I didn't come into your apartment the normal way last time. So Roger's probably going to send someone to fetch them and bring them to the foyer, if that's all right, uh, where he'll be awaiting. And so the door opens and a young vampire in a very gaudy costume, face paint and everything, just opens the door, says, he'll see you now. And gestures down the hallway. The inside of this building is a lot nicer than the outside. The outside obviously is a deterrent to people breaking in or even noticing the building as they go by. Um, but it's very tastefully furnished, this sort of entry room. And you can see a whole bunch of other rooms branching off to the sides. There's a door that has a star on it for, you assume, whoever's starring in the current production. Or it could just be the directors. You're not really sure at this point. But this young young vampire doesn't say a word. He just leads you into the foyer where a Roger Pen Pendley Font is waiting for you. Uh, so Roger's a, a, a tall gentleman, um, just on the cusp of too tall, uh, with uh, with sort of white hair, uh, very refined features. But he, he's an old man. He looks like he's in his possibly sixties or seventies, or was. But uh, and he's he's dressed kind of quite. Uh, he he's always dressed as though he has company coming. You know because one never knows when they do. But so slightly, uh, he looks like he's dressed for a really nice party in the nineteen seventies with a with a refined group of people. And uh, as he steps forward, he 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 welcomes you all. And he says, "Welcome, welcome!" And he steps forward, and presuming that you're ready to receive it, clasps you each warmly by the hand. As he greets you all, one by one, he says, "Marcus, Marcus Voss, pleasure to meet you. I, I have, uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to make the acquaintance of your sire on several occasions. You'll be happy to know this theater is a union shop, and we pay quite well. But I would ask that if you're going to teach them to bring about the revolution, that you do it after our business has been concluded, so I can concentrate all of my efforts upon that." Certainly. Uh, it turns to Vince and says, I'm af afraid you have the advantage of me. Perhaps you're a younger member of your clan, I suspect. But if I'm incorrect, do keep that a secret because it's always, always very promising to have an advantage of your elders like such. Vince is like, no, no, sir. I, uh, I'm actually quite new. I, uh, I got turned three years ago. I see. Wink, wink. Three hundred years ago, I completely understand what's going on here, young man. Well, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Vince's internal monologue is like, "Wait, wait. Does he think that I'm like a child? That I'm, <laughs> that I'm like <laughs> actually pleased by this? No, I, I know he's patronizing me." <laughs> Alex Giovanni, I have always, I've always uh, hoped. To uh, to meet you in person, or perhaps to make use of your services, but uh, 
Thankfully, things are going rather smoothly, so I, I haven't needed an information broker in some time, but I hope you know that you're at the top of my list. It's good to know. Thank you. Katerina Bogdanovich, I must confess I am not quite member enough of high society to be one of your clientele, but I'm hoping to reach there one day. Uh, are you having a pleasant evening so far? Is the bakery doing well? The bakery is always doing well, but uh, all, all you need is a recommendation from someone who's already attending and we have to vet you, but it is not a matter of status. It is a matter of connections. Well, thank you. I, you know, I must confess that uh, my goal of being a patron of yours is starting to look a little less like a wall and more like steps. Uh, it's, you know, wonderful to meet you all. Great to make your acquaintance. And he turns around and says, Ram? Hi. Hello. Hey. Um, Mr. Uh, Pendlefunt. Yes. Yes. How, how, and how are you doing? Um, business is good. Um, you know, we, we're getting, we're up 3% this quarter. Um, and we're doing, I'm doing well. Um, it's been a little rough the last few days. But okay, now uh, come through, come through. Let me let me sh- let me show you my theater. I'll give you not a complete tour, of course. That would be terribly boring, but it is nice to see the big stage sometimes, is it not? So as you can see here, and he's, he's going to move you through, unless someone protests, uh, to the main theater, which is is quite elegantly appointed. But it's in the it's in the old style. This isn't like a theater you go to see, like Rent In or the Blue Man Group. <laughs> well, you're gonna have like a terribly fancy production. This is theater in the in the uh, theater, kind of a little bit from the olden days. And we go, and you'll see here, we're actually setting up for a, a play by Elaine de Rotherham, who is, in my opinion, the finest playwright of the 15th century. Uh, it's it's a little difficult sometimes to see production, so I'm sure it'll be terribly exciting. If any of you would like to be on the guest list, you must merely have to ask. But uh, but yes, I mean, if you have any questions about the theatre arts, of course, at any point, do feel free to uh, ask. But I must confess that I have a request of you. I would like you to stage a play for me. May I look at Ram? What kind of play? Would be... Uh, as uncouthed as it is, it would be a kind of improvised theater. You see, I am a mam- member of, you may know, of Clan Malkavian. We are, some would say, gifted, some would say, cursed, with uh, abilities of prophecy. And I know that the prophecy is upon me. However, I also know that I need my medium is is the theater and I need my actors to perform on the stage for me to truly appreciate and make sense of the visions that are upon me and all I know is that it is it is the five of you or the four and Ram who are required in order to uh, in order to make my vision if you will uh, take place. Uh, don't worry, I'm a very friendly director. There'll be no Joss Whedon nonsense. The last time that uh, we were offered a vision from a Malkavian, just ask Rom how that went. Well, now there's Malkavians and there's Malkavians. 
I don't know what Rom's visions told you. It wasn't my vision. It, she was... It was Dina's vision. She was Brazilian. Yes, well, you know, uh, in my opinion, one must take offers of visions as they, as they come. Each... Each is a each offer of vision is is individual to the person uh, offering it. Um, so I hope you will you will help me in this. But obviously, if you choose not to, I will completely understand. I'm I'm not here to throw any stick about or anything like that, or force you to do anything you don't want to do. But I believe it it will be of use to you as well as me, possibly more to you than of me. How about this? We make an exchange. I have one very important question to ask you. Oh, please do. Please do. What was the last conversation you had with Luther? Ah. Well, uh, Luther has contacted me uh, a few times in the last few weeks. Uh, People tend to come to me uh, when there are issues within the Malkavian clan. I'm a... uh, we exist on a sort of spectrum of lucidity. And I uh, am blessed to be rather, rather high on the lucidity scale, so sometimes help with uh, some of my cousins who are less fortunate. Uh, he was looking for information on, in, indeed, uh, the, the lady you just mentioned, Dina Forthright, um, who was experiencing some of the troubles that are endemic to our clan. I Look, Luther was always... Luther was always very good to me. He's, a, he's a, a good man, and while he's a strong man, he's a subtle one too. And he was a man of great class. I want you to know that I, I take what's happened to him very personally. Well, considering you were the last one to speak to him as far as his phone records show, so he only spoke to you about Dina? Yes, I, I'm afraid we only really talked shop. I didn't know him. I know the man terribly well as a person. He wasn't a, you know, wasn't much of a fan of the arts, I'm afraid. I don't know, he did wear that classy fedora all the time. Ah, indeed, I could never carry off such a look, but certainly, uh... Certainly not, not, not for one born to the British Isles, I don't think. What's the play? Uh, well, it, that sort of remains to be seen. I can merely see what events are taking place. It would be for you to to give vision to the to my art. I would simply uh, put across a broad stroke of what kind of feel I have for the scene, and you would bring it to life <laughs> using your your incredible abilities at uh, at you know at, at improvisation and performance. And, uh, and you know, hand-to-hand combat. I see, the Taika Waititi uh, method. Yes. Yes, he's very good, in my opinion. Very funny, isn't it? So, sort of the idea of a funny vampire. No, I saw that. It was very good. Very good show. I take my coat off. Find a place to uh, hang it up. So I know that we begin uh, with an argument. Uh, between between two people, a, a terribly a terribly heated argument, and I, I obviously like I'm not a casting director, so whichever one of you feels that you would be best uh, to put on this performance, please do let me know. 
and, and, and simply step onto the stage. But we do start with an argument between, between two people about something that seems very serious to them. I look at Marcus and Katerina. I want to grab Katerina's arm and just bring her with me onto the stage. No, no, that's not how we, that's not how we work. I uh, step up onto the stage and um, I extend a very, a very, a very overdramatic hand towards the stairway and indicate with a gesture to it. And then I, Katerina, directly and say, would you join me on stage, please? We need to have an argument. That will not be a problem. After I shake Rom's hand off of me and glare at him and very quietly let them know, do not touch anyone without their strict permission. Do not interfere. Good, we're doing it. We're having an argument. See, just like this. No, Rom, it's meant to be on the stage. (laughs) I will take you out if I have to. And I will go up on stage. This part is crucial. I did forget that while the two of you are arguing, the subject about which you're arguing is your mutual lover, Eric, who is, of course, a narcoleptic. Wonderful. So we will need someone on stage, sound asleep, to play Eric. I'm not comfortable with this topic. Okay, well, let's uh, let's let's rethink. Let's see. Instead of a mutual lover, perhaps an employee who is working for both of you at the same time. That is far more acceptable. Thank you. Like that's actually more key to the vision than uh, than my my previous idea. I see now how this is starting to unfold. So if, if someone could simply step on stage to, to be Eric, the, the, the shiftless narcoleptic. Vince, Vince, you've got, you've got employee vibes. <laughs> Vince nods. He's like, it's the role I was born to play. I'm sure you'll be absolutely wonderful, Vince. He takes off his big baggy leather jacket, puts on the back of one of the theater chairs, rolls up his sleeves, goes up onto the stage and just his head goes straight down. Okay, and now? The head just dips. <laughs> now, if you need any direction from me before we begin, or we can simply begin the scene, and I must stress, please bring all of your acting talents to bear to make this just a truly wonderful performance. The more convincing it is, the more of my vision I shall see. Tell me, I turn around immediately, and I probably look very upset. The um, eye-reddening type of upset. Tell me how long have you been running this shop without union labor? Do you have any idea, any idea at all, the wage damaging you are doing to the common people? The people, I extend my arms around the area, who make up 99% of the population. You as a business owner must know that fair wages for everyone is critical to your shop's performance. And I come to find out just last night here that poor Eric, I tap Vince's head very hard with my two fingers, has not been paid properly. Is that just because he's still in a probationary period and 
you must also understand that after 90 days, everyone is entitled to join the union if they choose to. While it is not a requirement, they are paid very well, far above the normal industry standard and above the standard for the city. And how many employees do you hire and release these days during that probationary period so they have no attempt, no, they have no ability to join the union because they never meet that period. It's a disgusting act and it must end with Eric. Well, he's only two weeks into the job and they have a 30-day probationary period, which is much more generous than many places give nowadays. A day's wages lost is a day's wages stolen. Well, it's a good thing that he still makes more than the average person, isn't it, Doc? Certainly. Certainly. But not the union standard. Ah, but he's not part of the union yet, is he? Yes, a convenient excuse for you not to pay him. He's getting paid. But not the right wage. Well. Can, can I lean into Alex and just be like, I, I don't. I don't get it. What don't you get? Ra, please tell me that you are not paying your employees under union rates. Goodness sakes, you're a Malkavian, not a maniac. What we have it's 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 kind of like a it's a, like a co-op setup, so it's not like really a union. Um, you know, they get a percentage of profits. Um that come in it's not a commission though but you know it's like the more you work the more you make you know we will speak about this later cannot believe that you have access to a union a, a union phenom like Marcus and you are not it's also convenient that without them being a union member they cannot pay dues and thus not support their union brothers and sisters Except we pay their first three months' dues once they join. Is that not fair? How long will it go on for? How long, I playfully slap Vince's face, how long will it have to continue? How long will we endure this injustice? Well, as long as it is possible, I suppose, considering that I am very, very picky about who I choose to employ. Ah, I see. And this this alone smacks of favoritism, where as a union employee and any union would want a level playing field for all. I'd require a certain set of skills. Not many people have it. Which should be filled by union labor. So tell me, is Tuesday or Wednesday best for you? Generally speaking... No day is best for me for someone like you. <laughs> Very well. Tuesday night, then. Do you feel 500 or 1,000 picketers is enough? Well, I'm... We will make you famous. I'm already pretty famous, to be fair. And I wouldn't want to have to get a hold of the police commissioner or the mayor. We have the right to protest. Yes. I also have the right to set up boundaries around the shop if necessary. We won't violate any of your boundaries. We will simply shame you in the public eye. I would like to see you try. That alone is enough. 
I, I am. I like to imagine Vince is is letting out some fake snoring, just standing between the, these two people arguing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's just like doing heavy breathing, but he's got his eyes closed. He's really into this now. He's uh, <laughs> he Vince didn't want to do the theater thing, but now he's kind of really, really into it. He's uh, he's getting into the role of Eric. He's given Eric a whole backstory. Roger steps forward and goes, that was perfect. That was just the absolute, absolutely what we needed. Just the, the sheer tension between you. was It was magnetic. It was it was incredible to watch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, Eric, if you would stay on the stage. And I believe our next actor is, unless I'm wrong, of course, which has happened before, is Alex Giovanni. Do one of us stand down? Oh yes, you please, 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 you do do come down from the stage and and enjoy the performance from here. I uh, I make sure to exit the stage and be available should you want a hand down from the stage, showing that there's no bad feelings. Now, now, Eric and uh, Alex, I believe your character's name was Hortensia. You are of course from a rival shop, and you know each other. Well, but but sort of in a in a way that the Jets knew the Sharks well, you know. There is great enmity between the two shops, but unlike West Side Story, no love, just absolutely none at all. Which, in the long run, will be less depressing. So, you have, you uh, Hortensia are a kleptomaniac, often confused with narcolepsy by me. But you have been sent in to steal from the shop in order to increase their shrinkage rates. Eric, you have captured her. Or so you believe. You have caught her in the act. And now it is time for the two of you to do fisticuff. Can I, Vince is like, excellent. Can I work in Eric's backstory in any way? Oh, please, what is Eric's what is Eric's motivation? Let's discuss it. I mean, a good director is always willing to hear feedback from the actor. <laughs> Vince sits on the edge of the stage. He's like, well, the way I think of it, he's kind of like Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. He could have been somebody. He's exactly the same as Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. He's exactly the same. But with narcolepsy. <laughs> but with narcolepsy. And he just points at Roger and he's on the stage. I uh, would like to point out one of my skills in performance with the specialty of bullshitting. So if I need to roll it, I will. Uh, so let's 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 see it. Let's see this the the the, the prelude to the battle and then the battle itself. <laughs> and Vince turns to Alex and he's like before we start, I'm very sorry for anything that happens here. <laughs> and then he's like, what's that you have there? <laughs> I have nothing. He's like, I, I think you lie, young mad, young person. I see that you have upon your person a stick of candy. Are, don't normal, everyday people have candy? Don't we eat candy? Yes, but it is somewhat suspicious to be walking around carrying candy in a candy shop. <laughs> is it, though? In my mind, yes. But 
<laughs> I am open to, <laughs> I am open to other suggestions. Not very raging bull here, Vince. Uh <laughs> I don't need any other explanations. I'm in a candy shop and I eat candy. Well, certainly you won't mind paying for that candy before you leave. I didn't get it from here. He wasn't expecting this. Uh, he's uh, he's like, oh, I see. Well, where did you get it then? I, I happen to be, as an employee of a candy shop, always looking for work in other candy shops. I find it hard to make ends meet, you see. My mother is quite sick. I work two jobs as a result. I got it from the candy shop across the street. You know, the one that's doing better than you. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Andy and Mandy's... Uh, it's it's an erotic chocolatier called Mandy and, Rand, Mandy and Andy's Randy Candies. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Vince is just like, ah, you purchased the <laughs> Well, I, I am actually somewhat aware of their stock. As I said, I am constantly checking the stock and research, doing research for other chocolatiers. And I happen to know that all of Mandy and Andy's Randy Candies happen to be sexual in nature. And that just looks like a plain chocolate bar. <laughs> sure, until you unwrap it. Well, may I see? <laughs> And I will unwrap I will pretend like I'm unwrapping the candy And shoving it straight in my mouth And he's like well madam Or young person You have me there I You know I don't mean to take these things out on you It's just that well Times are hard in this little candy shop No no don't make friends fight (laughs) Oh sorry sir Uh don't understand each other as humans. That's not. That's not what we're here for. The audience needs to see blood. Oh, I see. Um, and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, you are nothing but a common thief. Only says you. Did I not see you take the bear from the very stand before my eyes? You did not. But if you want to go out to the street and solve this, we can. <laughs> and he's like, so be it. I shall close the shop. And we shall go out and solve this with fisticuffs. (laughs) And he makes a big act of, like, shutting the till, counting the money, and just being like, all right, well, I've closed up the shop. Let's go outside and do this. (laughs) Let's do. And he pulls on imaginary suspenders. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will put up my dukes. As will I. And then he's like, you swing first. I will just uh, grab Vince in a headlock and not let him go. <laughs> and give him a big noogie. Ah, ah seize this indignity. He, Vince is going to do his best to like try and pull himself up out of the headlock. I will uh, let you go so that you fall down on your butt. <laughs> My own strength turned against me. Blast. Now, Eric, it is important now for the crucial scene for the decapitation of Hortensia to now take place. Oh, um. We will not be doing a real decapitation. It's not that kind of theater. That's that's downtown away. 
<laughs> and he's, he's like, oh, I uh, I didn't realize there was a decapitation in the script. And he's like, Alex, are you okay with this? It's in the script. Yeah, it's fine. He's like, sorry. <laughs> and he just gets around behind them and just does like a karate chop to the neck. Like, he, he just barely taps, but he's like, hiya! <laughs> and I believe we have our scene. Now, Rom. Yes. It is. It is time for our song. A a a a, a song. Yes, I've actually, uh, I've actually approved the use of the soundtrack to the musical Chess. We're going to do. I know him so well. I'm not familiar. I, I don't I don't know this musical. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps you'd like to suggest a, a duet for us, Rob. Uh, hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. I think it's funnier if you don't. Okay, so I'll do the first verse, and then you do the second verse. Okay, now, Maestro, and the little tinkly piano starts playing uh, the beginning of uh, I Know Him So Well. It's from Chess. It says, I will be Elaine Page, you will be Barbara Dickinson. Of course, naturally. I, I, the range, yes, the, you know, the ranges yes. were a fact. Nothing is so good, it lasts eternity. Perfect situations must go wrong. But this has never yet prevented me. Wanting far too much for far too long. Ram, take it. Looking back, I could have played it differently. Learned about the man before I fell. But it took me, it took time to understand the man. Now at least I know, I know him well. Wasn't it good? And then you say, oh so good. Oh so good. Wasn't he fine? Oh so fine. Isn't it madness? And then together, he he can't can't be be mine. (laughs) But in the end, he needs a little bit more than me. More security. He needs his fantasies and freedom. And together, I I know know him so well. I see it, Rob. My vision. I see it. You, you you get the sense from the way Roger looks at you now that you have a new respect in his eyes. He now understands what the purpose of Ram the Shaman is. It is to sing. And to be sung with. And Roger says, I see it now. I see my vision with all of you. Come here on stage and, and look. Ram is just beaming with pride. Are you familiar... Vince, with a, a Karen Stein. Um, yes, she she's my sire, sir. I see. Well, you're of rather special lineage, Vince. 
I, of course, back in the 15th century, knew her as Betty. Or, perhaps more properly, Queen Elizabeth I. <laughs> and Vince is just staring at him blankly like... That's a queen. That's a queen. That's a queen of England, Vince. Oh. I... I'm sorry. I... The, it's a queen. It's, 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 she, was a, she was one of the one of the big ones. I don't know. Sorry. I, I I I should give more context when I'm talking about the great rulers of my nation. No, no, it's fine. You're, I mean, you're from there. I'm just not. I'm just not familiar with the with the whole thing. But that explains a lot. That explains a lot. It's fine. It was it was a big moment. But you know, we've gone past it now. It's fine. It's uh, I do with this information what you will. Karen, Queenie, Betty. I, you know, I call her Karen now, obviously, as a mark of respect. She... Look, she enjoys the old... The occasional... And it's not a problem, you understand, but she enjoys the occasional... Death cult. Vince is like, that, that does explain her stuff, but how, how often does she kind of do this sort of thing? Is that what I'm for? Um... You know, it's a, it's, it's, I, I want to suggest that I'm not saying that Queen Elizabeth I has a death cult problem. We, we all enjoy the occasional death cult. There's no stain upon her character, you know. But over the years, there have been a number of death cults. More than a dozen, perhaps. It's been, it's been a lot of years. That's about 500. I mean, if you think about it that way, it's quite reasonable. And, she makes her occasional disappearances, as you know. Goes missing for a, a little while. Comes back smelling a bit culty. You know, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I've noticed. Tends to be where she goes. Uh, now, let me tell you what I see before me right now. And I don't panic. So she's in, she's in the royal box. Uh, it's perfectly normal as she was watching me, uh, watching one of my plays back in the time. You know, I put on a lot of good stuff. Uh, she is surrounded by corpses, uh, a little bloodier than one would normally expect from a vampire, and. Uh, She's screaming terribly. Not because... Abram, I want you to understand. Not because of the song. But it's mainly just because her face is melting off. But apart from that... But apart from that, she's okay, right? Apart from that... Apart from that and the, the incredibly dark and terrifying presence that is in the royal box with her... She's absolutely fine. It's just the face thing, the blood, and the corpses. Otherwise, there's no reason to panic. And the shadowy presence. And the shadowy presence is also there. Hmm. Not ideal. Not a big fan of that. She didn't... <laughs> and he's like, you've known her longer than I have, even though she's my sire. Mr. Uh, Mr. Penley Furt, um, you've, you've known uh, her longer than I have. Shadowy figures like that pop up often or um few enough times that I find it interesting that it's happening now hmm 
I wouldn't suggest that she's in no danger at all. That would be probably presumptuous of me based upon the information I have, which is mainly blood, corpses, shadowy presences, and and, and the, the aforementioned melting of the face, yes. I'm glad to see that everyone's everyone's keeping up and I'm not saying things too quickly. Does the presence feel like a menacing presence or like a paranormal presence? It's not. All I can really say is it's it's just not great. I'm not enjoying it being in my theater. I wish it would stop. It won't stop. It's still there and I don't know when it will end. I should stress I'm still seeing this as we speak right now. All all I can hear is her screams. The screaming. Oh, God. The screaming. And and Vince is just like, well, let's get you off the stage. Maybe then you won't see it. <laughs> let's get me off the stage. That's a just a perfectly wonderful idea, Vince. Out of the mouths of babes. This is why we must listen to our to the youth. You have such wonderful ideas because of your fresh perspective. And Vince puts his like his left arm around Roger and holds Roger's right hand in his own. He's like, "Come along, sir. Let's get you off the stage." <laughs> oh yes. Sir. Terribly good idea. I think I think I should like to be taken to my fainting couch. Well, you have one of those. Oh, yes. One must have a fainting couch. Otherwise, where would one faint? I suppose that's a good point. Probably just on the floor. Exactly. And who has the time? But Ram. Yes. Wonderful Ram. With the voice of an angel. I can't help but draw a connection between, you know, the thing you do it's your let's call it a business I don't I don't know what the connection is between the two of you but there's something I can see it between you there's a, there's a silver thread joining you oh I don't know it could be the cult it's not it's not a death cult no do you have a death cult no you um, have to understand uh, it's 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 a tribe have you been getting into death um, cults we are experimenting under sanction of the prince with alternative means of kind and kindred organization, let's say. Really? Under... Did you say... With the permission of the prince you're doing this from? Uh, uh, well, it was, it, was, it, was, it was my idea. Um, was it sort of implied permission, was it, Ram? So have you just got the feeling... That it was okay for you to, you know, create a lot of ghouls. The prince, the prince told you you could do that, and your sire also told you you could do that. Oh well, uh, you see, my sire hasn't. This was all written down somewhere, presumably. Um, <laughs> it's just that my information differs, and while I'm not an information broker, I would love to know where I came to get the wrong information from. I'm going to have to get out there and put a bit of stick about. No, see. we should keep this quiet. We should. This is more of a. This is. Oh, yes, we should. We're on. We're, we're keeping it. Are you familiar with the phrase on the DL? On the DL. Yes. Yes. On you know, the down low. Like, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not a cult. It's not. I mean, it's. Uh, it, what would be embarrassing would be if I were to say to the prince. Goodness, Prince! Isn't it interesting that you have the that Ram has your permission oh, to create all of these ghouls? And 
then we would be in a situation where he would agree with me too hard and we would both fall over. We, it's, it's not a- Imagine the scene at court. You are, you are, you have been given the wrong information. This, no, it is, yes, we, it is a small operation where we are experimenting with, uh, kindred, uh, uh, saliva and, and vitae, um, for homeopathic, uh, purposes. And it's, 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 um, it's good. It's good stuff. It sounds fascinating. But Rob, quick question. Uh, how far are you off, like, I don't know, getting getting all your ghouls to murder somebody? No, hey, I am not the center of this. This is not, this is not about me. All right. This is not about, this is not about my operation or my business. Look, uh, uh, Katarina sells uh, little g- 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 cookies. She sells, she sells cookies. But like, like. Is there something that could change that would cause you to do that? We're not here to talk about Katarina. We love Katarina. Now, everybody thinks Katarina's great. <laughs> yes, I, nothing good. But I do agree that our our main concern, which I already asked Vince about, is Karen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. Now, Ram, your business is your business. Until it's my business. Do you understand? Then it's my business. And I have quite enough business to be going on with already. I trust I've made myself clear. Well, it's always something to aspire to, after all. I've given you, I think, all of the information of relevance that I that I really have to give. Thank you very much for helping me with my vision. But, you know, do keep a do kind of keep tabs on the whole death cult thing they're actually uh, you wouldn't know it by the name but they can be quite troublesome what what, is it, what are they named oh you know different things uh, uh, the bonies was one they were very jolly uh, the skull daddies that was one of them they were a rambunctious lot let me tell you and also uh, just crepitus which I had to look up it's a bone in the leg apparently but uh, it sounds very very death culty, doesn't it? As for any current death cults, I'm rather afraid I don't keep, I don't quite keep up. I uh, have quite enough to be doing with the Malkavians of this city without bothering the Tremere too much. But, you know, if Betty is in danger, I should I should wish for that not to be the case. I'm a I'm a loyal vampire, you understand. Kindred, I'm sorry. Loyal kindred, you understand. No, of course, as 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 Malkavians generally are. Standing nearby to Roger, Rom is moving. I go retrieve my jacket. I think it would be in your best interest to uh, maybe get a hold of Karen, since she doesn't want to speak to Vince. I mean, you know, maybe she wants to speak to Vince. I, I couldn't say. I'm just saying, let's look for a death cult for sure. Yeah, it's she loves a death cult. Well, I know that Vince has told me that he's tried to get a hold of her. Unless he's lying to me. He hasn't given me much information. No, no, I... It's just like, 
incredibly embarrassed you put him on the spot like this uh, in front of Roger. Uh, I do have a question for all of you. Uh, Dina Forthright, have you had any luck contacting her at all? She was the one that messed, that scrambled Rom's brain. I see. She, uh, she hasn't been in touch, you know? Oh, wait, so hang on. Rom's brain's been scrambled. Oh, that explains a lot. I thought he was just like this. Rom's usually a little better put together. Uh, Dina also said that she was going to be flying home. Okay, well, that's good to know. I, I tried to get in touch, as I do, you know, uh, with the old do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to know. Heading home. Well, I can check that off the list. You know, we, one always has a certain number of objectives to achieve on a given night. And it's nice to know that find out what the deal is with Dina can be checked off. So, uh, I say, if there's, if there's, if there's nothing else, any, any, any questions that you have of me that I might be able to help with? Well, I guess my question and I may be overstepping, as I usually do. With your connections and how well you know Karen, I would suggest, if you could, please speak to her, maybe find the name of her cult, figure out what's going on. Well, with her, not with us. Uh, We've got enough going on. And uh, since Vince can't make any headway with Karen... If I see her, I will be... Well, firstly, I'll have my heart warmed to see that her face isn't melting off and she's not surrounded by blood and corpses. I will tell you something. I normally have a little bit of a sense for Karen. I, you know, loyal servant and all that. and I currently can't feel her at all. Perhaps a little bit more worrying to me than even the blood and the corpses. I do, I do think, though, that we better check on her because... Are we worried that she's going to go like Luther went? Uh, I think she already has, and I think we should move. Well, I won't keep you. It's been, it's been truly wonderful to have you all in my theater. You're all fantastic performers, especially, I must say, Ram. You were radiant. I don't, you know, I think you're jolly good. Uh, I don't care what all the other Malkavians say. You're you're all right. Wait, what do all the other Malkavians say? Anyway, I have a show. Yeah, I'm gonna grab Rom by his arm and start leading him out. <laughs> and that is where we will end tonight's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, Patrick, for uh, providing our coterie with some visions and some theatrical performances this evening. Really appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. And thank you to all of our Coterie players as well for a play within a play, so to speak. And we will see you all next time. Good night.